Welcome back, everybody. I've missed you. I know I haven't seen you for at least a couple of weeks, and it's been a year since the last time we met was 2020. And I thought, what a way to kick off 2021, which in Chinese calendar, that would be the year of the bull. I wanted to kick it off with Bolo. So uh, please welcome to the show, Rich Ting. Hey, Rich. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah, man, we've missed you. And by the way, before before we get into anything, uh, I know the whole Warrior family, uh, you know, everybody on the Facebook group uh, and everybody who's just starting to watch, you know, one of my favorite shows uh, on HBO Max. If you have not seen uh, at least the first six or seven episodes of season one, uh, please stop because there are going to be a lot of spoilers ahead. Watch it late. <laughs> Everything is going to be on YouTube and uh, you're going to be set. So spoilers ahead for everybody, please be one. So uh, Rich, we missed you, man. Uh, you know, we we had to wait a long time until season two would come out, right? I didn't even have Cinemax. I specifically got Cinemax so I could watch Warrior. Wow. And then, you know, watch season one that had to wait until season two came out, yeah. watch season two only to know that, hey, there might not be a season three because of everything mm -hmm. that's going on. But then it's 2020. And mm -hmm. Miss Bolo, we totally missed Bolo. So as soon as I got on the Facebook group, I'm, I said, guys, hey, I want to talk to I want to talk to Rich. It blew up. Everybody wanted to talk to Rich. As a matter of fact, people now have a great idea of uh, having you come back because you were loved as a character and people on the Facebook group have figured out a way for you to come back. So we need to talk. <laughs> we need to okay. talk to Jonathan Proper. We need to talk to Jason Lynn. And we need to figure out if we can do a twin and get you back once they start shooting season three, get a Bolo twin back in there because you are missed, my man. All right. Well, first off, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's season two, like you said, came out a little later than expected. But mm -hmm. to have this kind of response from people like yourself and, and the fans, you know, about Bolo in season one, that it, it's just really humbling. And and um yeah, it's, you know, with everything that's going on in the world and for people to still to be tuned in to our show as it, you know, just finale season two a few months ago, uh, it, it just speaks volumes of number one, our fan group, you know, and our fan base. And so a big shout out to everyone out there. Thank you very much for all the support, but also to to the creators of the show, as well as to, you know, to the actors and ourselves who who put the time and effort in. So just to reiterate, thank you very much. I appreciate all the support. It's been uh, it's been it's been so humbling in so many ways. So thank you. Listen, there's so many shows out there and Warrior is a great show. I'm an actor. Uh, I watch a lot of shows. I interview a lot of people. I really, it's one of my favorite shows. It combines a incredibly interesting subject matter. It is a really, really good drama. It's a historical drama. It when you were shooting it, uh, it was before all of the crap started happening, and then it became even more timely. And it has real martial artists and a real martial art component to it, so it encapsulates kind of everything that I love. So absolutely, of course, uh, you know me and uh, thousands of people around the world are loving the show, and that's why we're so happy that it's on HBO Max. Now, you know, no offense to HBO, we wish it was on Netflix or somewhere else. But anyway, um, we just want what happened to Cobra Kai to happen to uh, to Warrior. Yes. We, want, we want a wider audience. We want seasons three, four, five, and six. We want the original thing that Jonathan Tropper had planned. I think it was planned to be a six-year thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we want because there are so many storylines. There are so many things that need to be continued. And even more right now because of what has happened in 2020, which we'll touch upon in a few minutes. But the show needs to be there. There is a lot of crap on television. This is one of the rare shows that actually is a really, really, really great show, and it needs to be seen. I appreciate it. I feel like we need you on the marketing team and our publicity team because that I'm was well said, probably the best said yet. So thank you for that. Thank you. Listen, I'm... Uh, that's that's what I'm gonna continue bringing as many people on from the show as I can. Uh, I think you're sixth or seventh uh, person that I've had a chance to talk to from the show. We're gonna continue beating that drum. You know, obviously I signed the petition. You know, I'm I'm gonna continue doing what I can. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Facebook group is growing. 
So, you know, I just actually posted, there's a huge, you know, I love martial arts Facebook group on, uh, uh, on Facebook. And mm -hmm. it has like 314,000, uh, you know, uh, uh, members. And mm -hmm. I just posted uh, for everybody to go watch Warrior if they haven't done that. So we're, we're going to do Appreciate our best to, uh, to continue spreading the love. Because seriously, again, being a fan, I'm, I'm going to take the fan hat off for a moment. And okay. just just as uh, as an appreciator of martial arts and appreciator of fine uh, television experiences, this show needs to continue. That's that's as simple as it is. So if anybody's I watching agree. Jonathan Crawford, <laughs> anybody on the publicity circuit, I'm happy to help. Whatever I can do, I'm very happy to jump in. Thank anyway. you. So um, unfortunately, again, you had a you had a great arc on uh, on on Warrior. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it was too short. Did you know going into it that it's going to be a pretty short arc? Um, yes, that was one thing that was voiced to myself and my team. You know, once we booked the job, and Jonathan, who I who I refer to as JT, JT, you know, he he uh, he called me up right after you know we had booked it and we had our meetings, and you know, he said, first off, I want to make this you know out in the open. This is nothing against you. This is nothing personal. This is definitely not something I would have told you once we got to Cape Town or even towards that episode in which you die. Um, I want it to be known now that the arc of season one has to have this death in it to basically have the entire story of season one come to kind of an intersection of which way is everyone going to go. Um, without this death, we cannot end season one. He also told me, I will do everything in my power to see if we can somehow steer this another direction in the next few months while we're shooting this thing. But he wanted me to have a clear, you know, mind and, and an understanding of where the producers and where the writers were going with this prior to actually getting out there in Cape Town. So, you know, on that on that respect, um, I, I owe so much gratitude to, to JT and, and the rest of the producers and the writers on this project just because they were such they were so transparent with me from the beginning. Um, the funny thing was, I, I actually thought the entire cast kind of knew. So when we were working on, you know, because we shot the episodes um, out of order and just based on the way production is shot, as you know, uh, we don't always shoot chronologically. So I, whatever episode we were working on prior to shooting episode seven and we got episode seven. I know some of us were on set. I was on set. I was actually filming and we got, you know, the email. We got the updated script. And I remember everyone just kind of looked at me and they were like, what? You know, and, and, and I was like, and I had no idea what was going on because to me, I was like, okay, cool. We got episode seven. I'm focusing on this scene right now. Yeah. And I totally forgot. I mean, I knew, I know that I die. I just forgot everyone else didn't have an idea. So yeah. then there was all this, you know, discussion about what happened. Like, did something happen? I'm like, no, nothing happened. And they're like, you know, they asked me the same question you did uh, yeah. then, you know? So in that respect, I think it was really cool that, it was kept quiet. It wasn't kept a secret by any means. It was just kept quiet, you know, and we just literally, you know, it's, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a football season, right? We just took each game or each episode at a time, you know, not looking forward to episode seven when you're filming episode one. So um, in that respect, it kind of sucked because it brought up a lot of the emotions because I'd already prepared myself. And then now, because I had bonded with these cast members and the, and this crew and cat and team out in South Africa, it, it just kind of it was like experiencing it again for the first time with tighter bonds. So it it was emotional and and you know, but we got through it and I got through it and and blessed for the time I had on season one. Yeah, um we we I'm gonna speak for myself. I'm not gonna speak for all the other fans, but okay. Um we I had a feeling that oh okay. Andrew's here, or I mean, Assam is here. Yeah. Uh, this is not going to end well. And I know Assam is the lead, so Assam is going to survive this. That means Bola has to go. But yeah. at that point, the only thought going through my mind was like, okay, if he has to go, it better be a great fight. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, it was. It was a mm -hmm. really good uh, fight, Thank at you. least from my perspective. And they, they let Bolo go out in a respectful uh, way. <laughs> so that part. Yeah, I got stabbed in the back, basically. So, yeah, that was that was respectful. Like, I always, you know, I joke. And I'm just like, of course, Diane had to stab me in the back or, you know, my lean. But, um, no, it was, uh, 
it was an epic fight for sure. A lot of work went into that. Um, the one thing I did regret is, and that's part of season one again, because, you know, we open the warrior franchise basically with Assam coming over, but he's coming over to a world that was already existing prior to his arrival. And, and with that, the, the one guy just on a personal level, on a fan level, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm an actor, I'm Bolo, but at the same time, I'm a, I'm a person and I'm a fan of people as well, you know? There was this mutual understanding that was implied between Bolo and Leong, Joe Taslim's character. Yeah. And Joe being Joe and me being a fan of Joe, I literally told, I told as many people as I said, I don't care if I lose, I just want that fight because yeah. that would be, a I could fan out on that one. You know what I mean? Just because I'm such a fan of Joe and all his work he's done, you know, in Asia and all and all the things that he's been a part of. And how much how epic would it be to have, you know, the Hopway guy versus, you know, that 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 group. And then, you know, but that was already understood. You know, it was was understood. There's a there's a past there. So whether we visit that past, hopefully down the line, you know, which would be an awesome flashback. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, that, that's the understanding that obviously, you know, the Hopway have their people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the Long Z have their guy. Why, you know, so now Assam is the new guy, right? So that's just one thing that, you know, I, I just, I was like, Joe, I want to fight you, man. You know, yeah. and he's such a nice guy. He's like, oh yeah, we should fight, you know? And I'm like, all right, so let's do this. And they're like, oh no, it's already established. Like, you know, in the, in the pretext, you know, so. I, I, you know, fast forward to this, to the fight with, with, with Andrew, um, with Assam, I had that in the back of my head saying, okay, well, if I don't get to fight Leong on camera in season one, then this fight has to make up for both of those. It has to be the epic fight with Assam in the present, but it also has to leave the viewers with enough imagination of what kind of fight that because there's definitely been a fight there's definitely because the mutual respect comes from somewhere you know whether that was a draw whether he beat me once i beat him once or whatever it's it's almost left to the imagination which i thought was even greater you know since you don't visually see it and so in doing the fight the finale fight with andrew um i really felt that you know it was a long fight and if, if you track it you know we're obviously in a house yeah the funny thing was we started in the main room and we went around through the hallway back into the main room and we wanted to capture, you know, when I say we, it means me, myself, Andrew producers, but you know, also Brett Chan, our stunt coordinator, which we wanted to show the evolution of the fight because, you know, it would be unrealistic to go and do a full fight like that in real life and come around the last turn back into the living room and we're still sharp. There's no way. You know what I mean? With all the mixed martial arts and all the jujitsu and just all the gung fu stuff, like you're going to be tired by the time you get slammed. And so that was really cool because organically, like anything else, we have a certain amount of time to film these things. You know, we're also on a budget and time is money and vice versa. So literally we were we were working, you know. And it was literally like, okay, let's get to the end of the hall, man. We got to get to that. We got to make the turn. You know, we got to make the turn again and you got to get me back up, you know, and, and yeah, fatigue set in. And, you know, of course, you have lighting issues, you have prop issues, you know, you have camera issues. And so we got to do it again. You know, so at the fi- at the very end in the, in, in the final edit, I really felt that it captured that real raw sense of how a fight would start, evolve and finish. Yeah. You know, obviously. I would have rather preferred not getting stabbed in the back by the sister, but you know, life happens and you know, she came back. But they also had to show that you and uh, Assam were on the same level. So, you know, to have a clear winner between the two of you would also be anticlimactic. So yeah. they left it at a point where, yeah, the two of you are evenly matched and here you go. <laughs> yeah. Like I wanted my sister to show up and be like, oh yeah, you know? So, but no, it, it, it was, it was uh, very well choreographed. And again, all, all respect and credit goes to Brett Chan, our stunt coordinator and his team. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, I was, I was extremely happy with it. 
Yeah. Um, so what, uh, again, kind of now going into a fan because you've, you've watched the show uh, after that probably more than once, um, which one of the epic fights was your favorite that you were not in? That I was not in? That you were not in. Oh, well, of course. Like, if I hadn't died, then I would have fought Assam in that blood sport looking dungeon, you know, underground Kumite like yeah. arena. You know, I wanted the arena, you know. Yeah, I got the house fight, but, you know, that's just me speaking as rich. You know, I, I want that live audience. You know, I want that introduction, you know, and, and I want that platform. Um, but again, that fight had to happen because of my death. You know what I mean? So, yep. I don't, I, yeah, that would have been the fight. You know, I know Dean and Andrew got into it in the, I think the last episode and that was yeah. awesome just because it was in that steel mill and, you know, that just the setting and, 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 and the environment was cool. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I grew up with kickboxer and, and blood sport, you know, and best of the best, you know what I mean? So I, I like that tournament kind of, you know, cause I used to fight in the tournaments as well in real life. So to me that, that is a full culmination of, of rich as a child, you know, watching things on television and at the theaters and then actually evolving into a martial artist that is able to perform on camera. And now I, now I arrive kind of thing. So, but no season one, season one was season one. I think any first season of any show, regardless of the subject matter is always the most difficult. You know I mean? I don't, I don't want to sound cliche, but it is what it is. And there were so many layers to the stories that were told in season one and behind the whole Bruce Lee inspired show that it's almost impossible to capture everything in 10 episodes. You know what I mean? And to introduce it. So I think, I think we did a really, really good job mm -hmm. at kind of putting it out there for people to absorb. And, and like you said, you know, we just need a greater audience. You know, there's it's not, it's not one of those shows where you got, oh, let me get into it a little bit. Let me by, by episode five. I get I got it. No, but right off the top. So what I always say is if you haven't watched it, give just watch the first episode, mm -hmm. you know, give yourself 50, 55 minutes. Watch it. If you don't if you hate it, don't watch the second one, you know. But what happens is everyone loves it. So we just need to get it out there more. Yeah. And that's that's uh, the HBO Max. So I'm pulling yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we get that again. Thankfully, uh, the the silver lining. Thankfully is the wrong word to use. Silver lining of the fact that a lot of people are still in the lockdown is that they have a chance to watch more. So hopefully they get a chance and we get more eyes on uh, HBO Max. Um, very cool. So I know again from a martial art perspective, uh, you started taking Taekwondo, uh, which I found interesting because again you saw Bruce uh, on TV when you were four years old. Mm -hmm. So was, and you were, well, uh, you went to San Francisco. How old were you when you went to San Francisco? You were in high school. I, right? I grew up, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and we moved, my family and I moved to the Bay area when I was about seven or eight. Okay. Uh, but I had started at the age of four. So my, my base in Taekwondo was already like three, four years into it. Okay. Um, and mm -hmm. then we moved to the Bay. So, because that's that's the thing, right? So I'm I'm wondering why you started with uh, with Taekwondo. Was it because no other schools were around and it was uh, easily accessible, or you also saw, well, I I need to kind of do some uh, some timing and see when when Bloodsport came out and when you yeah, saw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, initially at the age of four, I I honestly couldn't decipher. Gong Fu versus Taekwondo versus Jiu Jitsu, you know, and all the, you know, Kempo and all those different styles. And I think the default button was the closest studio in school to where I was living was actually a Tang Sudo studio, which was like kind of a, of a pre Taekwondo. Yeah. And so that's that it's called my mom was was fine driving me there. And that's where it started. And actually it evolved from there because I then became a fan of, of an individual by the name of Ernie Reyes Jr. And out of West Coast Taekwondo in, in the Bay Area. And he was, he was the, the, the child actor martial artist that was on a show called Sidekicks. And um, when we moved to the Bay, that's when I was old enough to identify like, hey, I like what I'm doing, but I want to train at Ernie Reyes' studio. And that's where I eventually earned my black belt was from Ernie Reyes' Taekwondo. So it was obviously started and, you know, initiated by Bruce, 
But then as I started evolving, you know, and growing and maturing, you know, as an elementary student, I was able to identify other people like Ernie, who was obviously younger at the time Mm -hmm. as, hey, I want to do what he's doing, you know. And so that's kind of that's that's the long answers to why it was Taekwondo and not not another form. And aren't Philip and uh, Stephen Ray, aren't they in San Fran or weren't they? I think they had schools. I, they're originated from San Francisco is from what I know. Um, ironically, I know them and they're in L.A. now. They've been in L.A. for a while. And uh, yeah, it, I always I always geek out when I when I see them. You know, they're they're great guys. I've actually met I met um, Simon in Simon. the stunt world. Yeah, I met yeah. Simon in the stunt world and I actually met Philip later. Uh, both amazing guys. It's always weird because I'm always like, that's Tommy and Dehan, like, yeah. Yeah. but not really, you know, because, and then they're brothers in real life. So, it, you know, that's always a fun, uh, fun encounter. But yeah, huge fan of them since I was a kid and obviously best of the best in that whole, that whole film. That's me as well. And uh, once I started the show, I wanted to have uh, Philip on. Mm-hmm. So I, I go on IMDb Pro, uh, not, yeah, I, IMDb Pro, and I start looking at, you know, representation. I was going to send an email, and then I see, you know, Philip uh, Studio, because he's, you know, he's yeah. a producer. Yeah, yep. And then I called, the, I called the studio thinking that, you know, I'm going to talk to uh, to one of his uh, folks and ask for him. He picks up the phone. I yeah. almost lost my ability to speak. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm speaking to Philip Ray. Okay. Yeah. So like no, it's he, they're they're very just easygoing, humble individuals, you know. Um, and they've been in the business a lot longer than people think, you know. And yeah. and so it's so refreshing. I mean, you know, like I said, I met Simon first, and he's been like a senior to me in so many ways throughout my career. And then to meet his brother later in life, um, yeah. and he accepted me really fast. You know, I I I met his son, I met his wife, and and um. It, they're just they're just good people, you know, and, and it's so cool to meet those kind of quote unquote Hollywood people these days that are just really just themselves and open. And, um, you know, they both they both encourage me all the time, you know, which which, you know, it's so competitive in this game. Right. That they're they're people that I looked up to and still do. And now mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the same table with them as an, at an event and they're telling me about certain things and. You know, I still forget that I'm like, these are the guys, you know, it's like any kid in the world is sitting and watching best of the best. And they're like, oh, my God, this is probably the most epic martial arts film I've seen, you know, especially in a tournament setting. Mm-hmm. And so many years later, you're, you're like having a conversation with these guys and they're really cool. And they're really just like I said, sweet human beings. It's like it's very, very refreshing. And and I that's why they stand out, because those kind of people in the industry are, are rare, you know, and um Except for obviously our warrior cast, which just completely just, you know, speaks for itself. You know, we were talking about that before we started recording. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been I've been lucky, been very lucky to be surrounded by these kind of people, you know, throughout my career. But I, I've heard you say this before in one of your interviews that it's not luck. It's it's the combination of luck and hard work. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's where you are, because you've you've done a lot of both. And, uh, you know, all, all the luck, uh, there's a reason why uh, some people are lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and my, my thing is we, 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 are, we lack control of our final destination to an extent in this business. You yeah. know, and I come from a very structured, disciplined background where you study today, you take the test tomorrow and you pass because you were in charge and in control of how much you prepared, you know, and then you move on. And this industry doesn't allow you to do that formula at all. And so for me, the only thing I can control is how hard I work every day. You know, so that's why I always say I believe in you need a little bit of luck along with the hard work. You know, you can't just sit around and, you know, hope that you're the next American Idol tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because that's a lottery pick. So and also you have to enjoy it. You know, I enjoy working hard. I, you know, and to me, it's actually not working hard, to be honest. To me, it's just what I do. You know, I, I think I think that term comes into play when when people or third parties, you know, see me from a from a from a viewer's point of view or or a spectator's point of view. And they say, wow, you work hard to me. I only work hard when I have to do things I don't want to do. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's when it's hard work. 
but you know, I love what I do. I'm blessed to do what I'm doing, especially in 2021 right now. And, um, it's just, I have no excuse, you know, there are no excuses. So. They agree. Um, speaking of 2020, in, again, one of your interviews that I was watching, there was a question of, would you tell your four-year-old self now from 2019 about 2019? And I started to laugh because uh, the question that immediately came to mind to ask you is, okay, well, 2019 is gone. Would you tell your four-year-old self about 2020? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I would have said, invest your money in a home gym and cardio equipment and yeah. stop going to the gym because in 2020, everything's going to get shut down. Yeah. Um, it sounds very spoiling, but it's a big part of my life and my daily schedule. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that was, that was a big deal to me this year. You know, I sound, I sound like a gym rat, which I am. Uh, but again, it's cause I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy training. And, you know, when something like, just access. I mean, I tried to go to the park, you know, when, when quarantine first hit and they had blocked off the jungle gym. Like I was trying to find, literally, I was trying to find a pull-up bar because I didn't have one installed in my house, like in the doorway or anything. And I literally was like, okay, so today I'm going to go do pull-ups. And I literally drove around LA and every park that had a jungle gym, they had put up like this plastic barricade thing and it was inaccessible. So then I got real desperate and I started just looking for beams, you know, like at an intersection, you know, or at a signal. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do pull-ups at this inter. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, it got to a point where that's how obsessive and crazy I got because you don't realize these simple things that you take for granted every day, you know, and that's just the fact you can go outside without a mask. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, you these, and I think that's the biggest lesson from 2020, which is, you know, appreciate the small things because you know it's, again it sounds so cliche but you don't appreciate until it's gone yeah you know and, and look now i know you're not in los angeles but you know restaurants are not open you have to drive up grab it leave you know you have to so, wear a mask everywhere i got to wear a mask in my in my in my building to go check the mail you know what i mean it's just like yeah it's just you know walking down the hallway it's different now you know so Luckily, I think the way I've been raised and the way I prepare since I was a kid, I've lived every day to its fullest. At least I've tried to, you know, so to me, there's a not a lot of knowledge. I would I would I would tell my four year old self about 2020 other than just appreciate the small things and focus on your health, you know. Um, by the way, you know, one of the things that you could have done for pull-ups is construction. You know, there, uh, I, again, I'm assuming LA has the same thing. Downtown Chicago has a lot of construction zones. Yeah. Beans, you can go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I think what I would have told my four-year-old self about 2020 is that it's going to feel very scary and you're going to get it too, but you're going to be okay. So don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's just, to me... I always relate everything to to an athletic point of view, just because I was an athlete first before I was an academic, before I was, uh, you know, a, a, a collegiate football player, before I was a martial arts, anything. Yeah. And what I always say is, you know, you just got to literally, you just have to take every play one step at a time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and don't play scared. Because when you play scared, that's when you get hurt, yep. you know, so there's so much fear and negativity going on, you know, this past year that if you live in that fear, it's just going to be self-degrading. It's just going to ruin you, you know, be aware. I'm not saying don't be scared. You can be scared, be aware, but don't let that fear overwhelm you where you, where it hinders you from acting or taking action, you know, yeah. and so. Um, again, just exactly what you said. I, I agree completely. You know, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. But just know, you know, and I think it's one of, you know, I saw, you know, I've seen that that quote from Chadwick Boseman about, you know, these these times prepare us for the for the journey, you know, and, and I agree with that. Me too. Um, man, it's again, I, I, I remember back again to 2020 for a second. I remember watching CNN and watching uh chris you know getting COVID and then doing the shows while he had COVID from his home from the basement and i thought you know that's that's respect and i respect it as a host so when i got COVID, 
which was in oh, December. Wow. I got COVID in December. I was okay. doing shows, and I talked to Joanna, and I talked to uh, Langley mm -hmm. uh, while I had COVID. So yeah. that was kind of my my final you know check uh, to the 2020. Well, um, I'm glad I'm glad you're you're doing well. Did not know that, but yeah, fantastic to hear that. No, it it, it sucked. Uh, first week was okay. Second week was worse. Uh, I had to take antibiotics because it went into uh, my bronchioles. But uh -huh. um, yeah, comparatively speaking, you know, kids were uh, everybody in the family got it. So the kids okay. were mine. Uh, my wife and my uh, myself, we were minor to medium. Okay. Never had uh, fever. You know, okay. we obviously didn't have any any serious kind of symptoms. It was okay. scary and it sucked. Uh, but you know, knock on wood, we went on our viral protocol and did a bunch of things, and something worked. Uh, and yeah, you managed it. You know, which which I feel is is yeah. uh, is honorable because there's a lot of people that have been reckless about it. So. Yeah, we uh, we did our best. But, but like uh, I said, glad to glad to glad to be speaking to you like this. <laughs> me too. Oh, <laughs> me too. Absolutely, man. Um, going back to martial arts because again, I I started uh, because of Bruce and I started because of Jean Claude. You know, okay. I was splits between the chairs in high school because mm -hmm. of Jean Claude. I started okay. because of him. Nobody taught me how to stretch properly, which is why now we have hips issues. But I was I, I was doing that, and that by the way saved me from fighting in high school because kids assumed that I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I just did splits between the chairs. But thank you, John Claude. I, I love it. I started my martial arts because of those two, um, mm -hmm. and I kind of I went into all sorts of things, and eventually now I'm uh, getting into the uh, Jeet Kune Do and the Filipino martial arts and uh, a Kali and a bunch of other things mm -hmm. that I'm doing for fun. You know, there are enthusiasts, uh, enthusiasts and there are fighters. I'm an enthusiast. Mm -hmm. I, I have my black belt, but I hope to God I never get into a fight because I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. So you did it a lot more seriously. So you you did Taekwondo, you got your black belt at 13. Then you did, uh, uh, J well, was it uh, JKD next? Or, uh, yeah, it was a mixed actually because at that point, um, I actually my my focus changed to kind of the pr primary sports of like football, basketball, baseball, and track. And yeah. uh, the first goal was to obviously play Division One collegiate football. So, you know, once I got into junior high school and then into high school, um, martial arts had already I'd already had established such a such a strong foundation in martial arts that I still actually competed. In, in tournaments throughout high school, but I wasn't going every day like I did as a child and, and training every day. Um, so there was a shift there. The reason why I started with my JKD and, and my Wing Chun and jujitsu training was actually at the time I went to, I was in high, I was in high school in San Francisco and I would train on the weekends with uh, the San Francisco crash unit, which was their gang task force of the SFPD. Mm. And at the time I was a realistic uh, training partner for a lot of the cops because I was bigger. Um, you know, I was athletic, obviously, because I was focusing on my sports. And and I trained with, you know, at one academy who only had weekend training sessions with the police officers. Mm -hmm. And and that's when the whole mixed martial arts, the yeah. the the unorthodox stuff really started kicking in. Because you know, Taekwondo, as you know, is such a technical, strong foundation. You mm -hmm. know front stance, horse stance, you know, everything is very technical. And then yeah. as you know, now with Jeet Kune Do and the Wing Chun and all the mixed martial arts, it's not very, it's technical, but in a different way, Yeah. you know, and, and it's in, in a more realistic way, you know, like I, I've never, I've never thrown a front stance in a real fight. You know what I mean? I've never really th thrown a front kick in a real fight. You know what I mean? So these things really kind of, you know, it, they prepared me for life is what I like to say. And already having that strong athletic background, let alone a martial arts background, I'm now getting into more combat situations, you know, whether it was with knives or guns or, you know, just real life situations that come up, you know, that we can never hopefully predict and, you know, hopefully never have to encounter. But like I said, life happens. So that was my intro. And then as I got into, you know, skip, I don't know, 10, 15 years, as I got into the entertainment through the stunt world, and started working with all these amazing stunt coordinators and, and fight choreographers, 
along with the evolution of film and fighting on camera, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I just remember like, I'm not going to say which film it was, but I remember it was one of my early films and, and there was a stunt coordinator who was like, Hey Rich, I think before you fight this guy, you should do a spin wheel kick, a jump kick and, and pose. And I was oh. like, and yeah, I was, you know, throw And I was like, wow, that's a, uh, you know, and luckily I had a, there was a, there was an older actor with me that I had looked up to and, and he, I kind of looked at him and he was like, and he voiced it very politically correct and was like, I, I think it would be more realistic if they just engaged right away. And I said, yeah, I, I would feel more comfortable with that. You know, and, and that's really the first time I was like, wow, we're really, we're not doing that anymore. You know, we're not doing the whole, like, I'm going to circle you, you're going to circle me and then we're going to engage. And so um, it's been fun because no matter what show, what character, um, I just finished up a new show with Jeff Bridges this past year on for FX that's going to be streaming on Hulu. And not to give any spoilers away, but I mean, when you're doing jujitsu and you're going to the ground with Jeff Bridges and he's 71 years old, I mean, that's cool. You know what I mean? Because I don't think Jeff Bridges ever thought hey, I'm going to be doing MMA stuff when I'm 71, you know, and, and that's a reflection of where we are and, and what the viewers want. You know, they want that re that realistic approach. You know, we the UFC has blown up. MMA mm -hmm. has blown up and, and people know what's real, you know, mm -hmm. and, and and I think the hardest part for me is making sure we can show those beats and those micro moments on camera so that you feel it at your house watching it, you know, because as you know, a lot of the the mixed martial arts, it's not so much that you see what happens. It's more about feeling what happens. You know, the simplest is when you're getting choked out, you can't do anything. And so when you're watching that, you're like, why isn't he moving? It's because he's getting choked out. You know, so how do we make the viewer understand that we are getting choked out? Right. Yeah. So there's got to be a little bit of Hollywood, you know, sprinkled there. But at the same time, we want to keep the the realness of it. And so, like I said, with every show. I just keep, you know, I'm a, I'm a student of, of martial arts. I, I, I hate saying I'm a martial artist because that makes me sound like I've perfected it, which I'm not near perfecting. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I always like to say I'm a student of martial I'm a student of the game, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, it's, it's been cool because I've been able to, to work, make money and learn at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you were doing stunts, because I <clears throat> I saw a bunch of your stunts uh, and I saw that that's how you get started, and there was a thought going through my mind of saying, if if I'm Rich's parents and you know he just uh, left a JD MBA program mm. to go do stunts, yeah. so you left law for stunts and getting thrown out of a window. Yeah, here <laughs> you're going the right way. Well. So, yeah, I mean that's that's always that was always a tough conversation. I knew it was gonna be. I mean, it was a tough conversation to go to law school when I come from a, a medical family, right? So that was the first big headache conversation, ironically. And then, of course, you can imagine what the next one was like. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, I've played full contact football since I was eight years old, all the yeah. way through I was twenty-one. Yeah, I got hurt, broken bones, you know, separated this, separated that. But in my, I would say I did stunts full time for like less than two years. In those less than two years, I took nastier hits than I took in the 13, 14 years of playing full contact football. And, mm -hmm. and I say that, number one, to give tremendous respect to the stunts, to the stunt men, the stunt women, you know, that that put their lives on the line for these shows. You know, and, and people take it for granted, you know, literally like there's so many hits, car hits, people jumping out of buildings, people hitting the concrete that never make the final edit. Yeah, they got paid for it, but, you know, they, they may have done something that's going to be with that is going to be chronic now, you know, that never made television, that never made the movie, the, you know, that never showed up on the movie screen. So, you know, first and foremost, huge respect to them, to that community. Um, and second of all, it was such, I think it was the best way to be introduced to the business because come full circle on a show like warrior now where I'm fighting other actors, you know, because I've been on the other side and I was really well-trained and well-versed. Um, I always tell people, 
just because you're a martial artist or you you're you, you know you're technically sound here or you win like you know demonstrations here that doesn't always translate to camera you know mm -hmm. it's like you have to have a foundation but then you have to relearn the technique so that it plays for camera because it's a yeah. whole different game cool. um and so coming from that background and then going through what i call like they threw me in the fire with stunts and just i learned so much in a year just being around the top guys in the business that it still helps me, you know, whether I'm fighting Andrew or I'm fighting, you know, other stunt guys. And, and it just, you know, in a way, it's like having a law degree. I just feel a little bit more safer. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of know a little bit more, you know, and I'm a little bit more aware of how this is going to go down. And if we go this way, well, we're going to go do this. And if we go that way, we're going to do that. You know, it's never like a question mark, you know? And so that's uh, that that's that was a fortunate introduction for me, you know, going through stunts. I get you. <clears throat> so uh, who's again? Uh, there are there are some really good guys out there that are martial artists and they're actors. So mm -hmm. not just actors who you know were taught to do something on mm -hmm. film, but people who actually know what they're doing. So uh, you're plugged into that community. Who are your favorite martial art actors? Um. Well, first off, I, because I am plugged into that community, I don't want to offend anyone. Because sometimes th these actors that have a martial arts background don't yeah. necessarily want to be labeled as a martial artist who's an actor. You know what I mean? They want to be labeled as an actor yeah. who has a background in martial arts. I'm getting really technical, but it's because you put me in that situation. Um, but I mean, so yeah, I mean, you're right, though. There are some martial artists out there who literally are more on the stunt side, you know, and want to stay in that kind of action genre. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and literally want to want to be active in every role physically and martial arts wise, you know, and then there are other artists who have that background um, who, who, you know, like I don't advertise my martial arts background, to be honest, you know, my team and my management and my, my agency, we don't we don't market that. It's, it's something that I have just like I have a law degree, just like I have an MBA, all this other stuff. Right. Um, but the one guy that comes to mind and it's no, it's no it's it's very easy to think about is William Lee, you know, and to me growing up and he hates when I say this cause he feels old. So I apologize, Will, but it's the truth. And I've told him this cause I've, I've had the privilege of, you know, it's another guy that I looked up to when I was younger and then had the privilege of working on two different shows with this guy. And we spent a lot of time together and, and he's a great human being, a great individual, great, a great senior to have is, is, is like what I like to say about Philip and Simon Ree as well. Um, but Will, um, you know, I knew him as an actor first. I didn't realize he had competed at Cal, you know, and had done all the tournaments and and was such a martial artist, literally, um, and that he came from a martial art. Like his dad is a huge uh, Taekwondo instructor back in the day and had a huge influence on the African-American community back in D.C. and is one of the founding fathers, you know, and, and I didn't know all that. And so to me, when you asked me that question, no hesitation, William Lee, you know, I saw him in Torque. I saw him, you know, with Jennifer Gardner back in the day on their show. Um, and then I found out he was a martial artist. And then I saw him do stuff, you know, and then I was, wow. And that was what, that was what impressed me more, you know, is the fact that I didn't know his background yeah. and that I learned about it while following him as a fan. And then I actually met him and had the chance to work with him and now can call him a friend of mine and 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 just give him so much credit and respect on what he's been able to accomplish very cool <clears throat> i i understand that um yeah it's uh, again kind of as an actor uh when i look at uh, at people who are acting and are really good actors and that are real martial artists to mm -hmm. me that's kind of that's that's where i want to be even though i am not going to be at that level of martial arts you mm -hmm. know i can do martial arts on screen and it's going to look fairly well if I get uh, some training before because I have a background in it. Yeah. But I'm not, a, I'm not that. But you know, Scott Atkins, Michael J. White, of Tony Judd, you yeah. know, Dutch, and, you know, that's that's real people. Yeah, so that, the, those guys are that that's an elite group for no yeah. uh, for sure for sure. Uh, by the way, Scott did a really good uh, interview with uh, Philip Ray and they were talking about it, uh, talking about you know, best of the best, talking mm -hmm. about martial arts. I didn't realize just how much uh, Philip fought. 
uh, yeah. for real. Uh, and then, you know, he was in movies. I didn't realize that. So I have even more respect for Philip uh, and Simon. After yeah. That. I mean, so. you can kind of tell. I think I think it's kind of obvious, you know, who's been in some situations and later is able to translate that in front, you know, for an audience on camera. So, um, like I said, it's just different, you know, it's the studio is different. Real life is different. And then on camera is different, you know, very cool. Um, if again, I know, I know the, the Facebook warrior group wants me to come back to it. So if you were given a chance in whatever way to come back to warrior in any other role, is that something that you would do? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, it, it was funny because, you know, as, as we discussed at the top of this interview, yeah. um, you know, JT and I have a great relationship. And and while we were filming, he would come up to me and he would be like, I think he has a twin. And I'm like, who? Yeah. And I'm like, who? He's like, I think Bolo has a twin. And I'm like, uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm filming this scene. I'm focused on this. And then he comes up. He's like, I, I think he has a twin. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so what? He's like, so I think he comes to look for his brother. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Can you hold that thought? Let me go shoot this thing real quick. You know, and it was so <laughs> random because that's how he is. He's so open book with me and with everyone, I should say. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, how that twin concept kind of got out there. You know, I, I definitely didn't come up with that. Um, I, I love that concept. Um, and I think prior to season two, they were really trying to work that in. Um, and just because of the whole hiatus that took place after season one and all the internal happenings that happened with HBO and Cinemax uh, that I have no involvement with, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. that's all hearsay. Um, I think they things just had to happen quickly, you know, yeah. and that storyline was never able to get really fully developed yet. And I don't think they had a time to develop it, to be honest. Um, yeah. But hopefully, you know, knock on wood, if, if I mean, if season three were to happen, um, I would will. be I would be. Yeah. I mean, when it happens, I would be more than thrilled to come back because I, I don't want to say what JT proposed, you know, no, during no. season one about yeah. the twin. But he you know, there is a he, he had brought up a twin yeah. um, and a lot of details about that twin which I thought was genius as everything else is in his world. And, uh, you know, at the very least though, I would like to at least come back during season three for some flashbacks to establish that content and that context that, that was assumed in season one, you yeah. know, like, like, like a rich Ting Joe Taslam fight, you know, like, uh, um, you know, yeah, that would be epic. That would be epic. You know, I want, I want Joe, I want that guy, you know, yeah. it's definitely that, that would be, that would just be a personal, like, you know, bucket list check, which is like, yeah, I fought the guy in the raid. You know what I mean? So that would be pretty awesome. But yeah, I would, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy and, and blessed to be a part of this whole warrior family and to be a part of season one. And I, I'm, I'm always at their avail. Very cool. Uh, if you have it near you, do you have, uh, do you have the, uh, hatchet? Do you have, uh, it's not near me right now, but I have it. It's not near me right now, but I have it. And that, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a, that's a prized possession of mine because, because they made it, I mean, it's, it's real. You know what I mean? We have different versions of it, obviously, but the concept, which one of our directors, Lonnie, you know, brought up, you know, that it was a collaborative thing and, and I can't give enough credit to our crew who actually made the thing, you know, and, and I love that we were able to show its power. I think it was in episode six of the, of the Fung Hai casino. Yeah. You know, just because that last smash shows you that there's obviously something going on on the bottom of that thing, um, which was awesome. Cause I wanted to give that justice, you know, cause I was like, people just think it's a regular act. So I throw it, I grab it. And then I'm able to show that not only is it a custom axe for my hand, but we got we got something else going on on the bottom of it. So yeah, and it's a hammer, and it has you know it yeah, has it's, a, it's a, a hammer. Room. It's got the spike, which initially uh, was a pre was already was already created and designed prior to the railroad spike. So mm -hmm. when that when I saw that when I saw the hatchet for the first time and the model of it, I was like. 
that kind of, I'd say I didn't voice it to anyone at the time, but I was like, that kind of reminds me of like a railroad spike. That's cool. You know, it's a spike. And then eventually through, uh, through my imagination and my research, you know, I, I proposed the whole railroad thing, the whole railroad spike to JT as a, as a prop for Bolo and just something like a trinket that I have on me. And I wanted, I wanted it. So I asked him to make one for me and they did, but then I got episode four and I'm like, wow, he literally brought it to life. And I, and that was a huge, huge deal to me just because, you know, it's one of those things that I just spoke to him on the side about, you know, to, that would help feed me the character, you know, cause I have it in my hand. I don't know if a lot of people are able to see it, but there are some scenes where it's in my hand, but you don't look at it. And because it's so dark, you may not see it, but it's there. And, and, and that was strictly for, for me, you know? And then episode four, he's like, no, I want you to slam that thing on the table and I want you to talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, JT. so JT, nah, man, he, yeah, he's 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 awesome. Like, he's awesome. And so are you. And uh, thank you uh, for joining me. Thank you for kicking off season two of The Love of Acting. Thank you for being my first guest in 2021. And uh, thank you for uh, now the whole Facebook group is ecstatic because the idea of the twin actually exists. So if yeah, it definitely does exist. Let's let's manifest it to come to reality. Let's manifest season three. You know, so no, I appreciate the time. I appreciate what you do. Um, I appreciate all the support. Um, you know, it's individuals like yourself that, you know, like you said, you got COVID. I had no idea. But you're, you have COVID and you're still doing these interviews with us. And, and that's that's remarkable, you know, and, and I appreciate that because, uh, you know, anytime I, I start, you know, I'm a human being and anytime I start feeling a little weak or anything, I, I remind myself that there's, you know, we have fans out there. We have people like yourself that are helping to promote this, this project that they, that they, you know, you, you guys weren't involved with it, but spiritually because of Bruce, so many people are invested in it, you know, and, and I think that's the power of Bruce Lee and, and his family. So, you know, I, I just want to extend the thank you to you. And I'm sure I'm speaking for my whole cast and crew when I say that. So now everybody, and you, you mentioned, and I say the same thing, it's the warrior family. Uh, I have not met, and um, you know, all the shows and all the people that I talk to, even those shows that have been together for a long, long time, you guys have not, I mean, in your case, it's even longer, but the guys, even from season two, they haven't been shooting this for a year and a half or so. And yeah. they're still talking to each other all the time. It is a family. So yeah, that, no, it is. That that bond is is felt uh, even to us who just get a chance to talk to you for a little while. Um, thank you, man, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. I know you know Facebook Warrior Group. Uh, we're going to be speaking soon. Uh, as <laughs> as soon as I can get this cut and posted, we're going to talk about it. So thank you everybody for joining. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Uh, wear masks. And uh, if you get COVID, uh, email me. I'll give you my viral protocol and hopefully I'll help you. Okay. Take care, everybody.